With that familiar theme song, we're reminded it's time once again for the Harvest Time Gospel Broadcast. This is a daily broadcast with special emphasis on missions and world evangelization under the direction of Dr. Stenet Ballou of Resaca, Georgia. And now, here is Brother Ballou and today's broadcast. Thank you and greetings, radio friends. What a joy and privilege it is to come to your place of listening and share together with you another Harvest Time broadcast. We're turning again in our Bible to the book of Isaiah, chapter number 6. And we're looking at this life-transforming experience that Isaiah experienced. I pointed out to you, first of all, there is a threefold vision we saw in verse number 1 through verse number 4, where Isaiah sees the Lord supreme. We looked at his place. He's sitting on the throne. His position, he's high and lifted up. His preeminence, his train filled the temple. His protectors, the seraphims, fly round about the throne. His praise, they're crying, holy, holy, holy. And then his power, the Bible said the post of the doors moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. And then we look second to Isaiah saw his low-down self. He saw his condition. He said, I am undone. Then he saw his condemnation. He said, woe is me. And then we saw his concern. He realized that his eyes had beheld the majesty and the glory and the holiness of God. And he said, mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And then we saw not only there's a vision of the Lord supreme and of his low-down self, but he saw a vision of lost souls. He said, I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. And then I pointed out to you, there are three voices that speak here in this passage of Scripture. In verse number 5, there is the voice that I simply call the voice of conviction and condemnation. Isaiah said, Woe is me, for I am undone. I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of the people of unclean lips. There's a voice of conviction and condemnation. You remember, before Isaiah saw the Lord, he was seeing all the faults of others. But after he saw the Lord, he saw his own need before God. And so he cries out in a voice of conviction and condemnation, Woe is me. And then down in verse number 6 and verse number 7, it's as though the Lord said, we can fix that up. So the Bible said, Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with a tongue from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this has touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. Here we see the voice of low that is coming from the angel. And we see that this is a voice of cleansing and consecration. Now, I do want to make one point on this thought here. If God can ever get us to confess and to admit what we are, then God will change what we are. No guilty person ever stays guilty confessing their guilt 
to God. No, my friend, God does not put more additional condemnation, but God will fix it up. God will take care of it when he can get that individual to confess his need before God. You remember for a number of years, Jacob wrestled and battled in his spiritual walk. And then one day his daddy said to him, who are you? And he lied about it. He said, I'm Esau, thy oldest son. And when he lied about who he was, it did not change anything. But over at the river, Jabbok, as he wrestled with God, God got a hold on him and God said, now who are you? And he said, I'm Jacob. And God said, no more, Jacob, but now you're going to be Israel. I'm going to change you and make you a prince. And as a prince, you'll have power with God and power with the people. If God can bring us to the place of confessing what we are, then God will change us into what we need to be to the glory and honor of the Lord Jesus Christ. So when Isaiah confesses in verse number 5, then God cleanses in verse number 6 and verse number 7. Then upon being cleansed in verse number 8, Isaiah begins to hear the voice of the Lord. Notice what the Bible said. Isaiah said also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Now, if you read the verse carefully, it does not say that God started saying that. The indication is that Isaiah started hearing that. I am convinced that God is speaking continually, even these same words, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? But our problem is, when our life is defiled with sin, our hearing is dull, and we do not hear what God is saying to us. But friend, when you get all cleaned up, it's like Isaiah raised his hand and said, Lord, I've got all fessed up and fired up and filled up and fixed up. What's wrong with me? Here am I. Send me. There's a voice of commitment. Here am I. Send me. And then in the beginning of verse number 9, there's a voice of commission, and he said unto him, Go. So Isaiah has a threefold vision, and then there are three voices, and through these verses, Isaiah is a transformed man. I want to take what I've already built upon, and for the remainder of the broadcast this week, I want to speak on the subject, voices that I hear that calls me to involvement in the work of God. If you were to talk to any pastor, perhaps the greatest battle that a pastor faces is the battle of getting his membership involved in the work of God. Now, when it comes to doing something in the work of God, I'm telling you, we are always courteous. We want to let somebody else do it. We're not self-centered at all when it comes to serving. We're wanting to let somebody else do it. I remember years ago, I was preaching a message, and the Lord gave me this, and I've used it down through the years. The average church reminds me of a professional football game. At a professional football game, you may have 100,000 in attendance. Out of those 100,000, maybe 100 of them will learn the rules of the game, get themselves in physical shape to play, 
and get on the team, dress out, and get on the field and try to win that ball game. While they're down there doing their best to win the game, the other 99,900 are sitting in the bleachers fussing and cussing about the way the ones on the field are doing the job. That makes me want to say in my heart, if you know so well how to win the game, why don't you dress out and get down there? Why don't you join the team and get down there and help them win the game? And friend, I don't want to be critical, but it's that way in so many churches. You never find a person who is involved fussing at others are involved. But it's always that crowd that's doing nothing that's complaining about the way others who are trying to do something are doing their job. So I want to deal with these six voices that I hear that calls me to involvement, that I trust will call you to involvement as we look into the Word of God and allow God to speak to our heart. Isaiah heard a voice. That voice said, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And Isaiah said, Here am I. Send me. And I want to deal with those voices that I hear. Often as I preach this text from the pulpit, I say, Here is the message that keeps me going. Here is what prompts me for involvement in the work of our God. Let me say to you, first of all, that as I listen and as you listen before God, there will be a voice from above that calls us to involvement. You say, what is that voice, preacher? It is the voice of the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He never says to a person, you've done too much. You need to let somebody else do part of it. He never says, you have served your time. Let somebody else serve a while. No, my friend, but as you listen to the voice of the Savior, you'll hear him say, get involved, get involved. Somebody said, now, wait a minute, preacher. You do not believe that God speaks to people, do you? Well, if you'll listen carefully, I'm going to tell you, no, I don't believe it. I know it. I know God speaks to people. You say, how do you know it? He spoke to me many times, many times. And if you have heard him, you know what I'm talking about. And if you do not know him, then you don't understand what I'm talking about. But I'm saying to you, my friend, God speak. You say, what did he say? Well, the first time that God spoke to me, Matthew chapter 11, verse number 28, he said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, I will give your rest. Thank God for that day in my life that I heard the voice of the Son of God when He called me to come to Him for salvation. And then the second time that God speaks, it's a voice of separation. He said, Come out from among them and be your separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And then after there is a response to the voice of salvation, and there's a response to the voice of separation, then there will be a voice that calls you to surrender. The Lord will speak to you about denying yourself and taking up your cross and following Him daily. Again, I emphasize that does not come first. They come in the order that I gave them. God speaks and calls sinners to salvation. When a person answers that call 
and is saved by the grace of God, then God will call that saved person to separation. And then when that call is answered, when the child of God allows the Spirit of God to work the sinful things out of his life and separate him from this world, then there will be a call to surrender. And that is simply to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow him daily. There is a call to service. God will give you a job to do. And then one day in the future, he will speak again. I heard him when he said, come unto me for salvation. I heard him when he said, come out from among them for separation. I heard him when he said, come and follow me in surrender and service. And one day after a while, I'll hear him again from heaven as he speaks, come up hither for the second coming and I'll leave this world behind and go to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. So my friend, I want to say to you, in this matter of going on with God and serving God, there is a call from above that calls us to involvement. God has never saved a person and said, now you're saved. You're not going to hell. That's all I desire with your life. Just relax. Take it easy. Enjoy life. Don't get too involved in the work of God and and don't get too committed to the cause of Christ. Just relax. No, God does not say that. But God calls us to surrender, to go on and serve Him. Father, take the word, use it to your glory. I pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Behold, the fields are white. It's harvest time. Well, I trust you enjoy the broadcast today. Let me encourage you that you pray for the broadcast, that the Lord would bless it and use it to the glory and honor of the Lord Jesus Christ. Also, I want to encourage you that you write to us and share with us in the financial burden of the radio ministry. Simply address that letter to Harvest Time, 179, Promised Land Drive, Resaca, Georgia, 30735. That's Harvest Time, 179, Promised Land Drive, Resaca, Georgia, 30735. And be sure to join us each weekday, Monday through Friday, at this same time. God bless you. Until the next broadcast. Argonaut.